Hi everyone, what's going on? My name is Joshua Oweyemi. I'm a researcher and software engineer. Welcome to my podcast, Teachers Talks. If you have listened before, thank you for coming back. If this is your first time, thank you for listening. I'm sure you'll enjoy the show. So are you ready? Let's get started. Sometimes back, precisely two years ago, I wrote an article on Medium about five technologies you need to learn about to be relevant in 10 years time. You know, it was a really great article for me because I was just getting into tech at that time and I was bombarded with all of this um, uh, new techs that are, that are coming up and I read wide and saw that there is so much that is happening in technology, in science and basically in the STEM field generally. And I wrote this article and people who read it, they really liked it. So I went back recently and read the article again and I realized that I need to do a review on that because I'm going to add two more to those five technologies. So today I'm going to talk about seven technologies you need to learn about right now. Well, this is in no order of preference because I think all of them are important, but let's get into it. So the first technology you need to know about, you need to be familiar with right now is artificial intelligence, AI. I know you might have seen this in the news many times that has become really, really popular these days. I mean, AI is everywhere. So what exactly is this AI? This is just a theory and development of computer systems that enables the computer to perform tasks normally requiring human intelligence, such as a visual perception, speech recognition, uh, decision making, translation between languages. So there are so many applications that AI is useful for these days. And actually, most people think that AI is all about physical robots and the things you see on TV. Maybe you've seen a lot of science fiction movies and you think, oh, this is what AI is going to be or this is what AI is about. No, it's actually um, far away from that. That is part of it, but it's far away from that. So actually, this is largely due to the portrayal you know in the media and movies so it's easy to get a, a wrong view about ai however the applications of ai are rather too wide to put them on the one technology in fact ai powers every part of our smart world today if you have a smartphone right now i'm sure you're using a lot of ai algorithms and there is no smart technology without an ai behind it right now uh, in 2019 this tech presently helps you to quickly find what you're looking for on the internet gives you a personalized movie recommendation on netflix or amazon prime it gives you an appropriate uh, music suggestion on spotify if you use spotify and based on what other people like and uh, based on what other people like you listen to AI can um, help to recommend the right kind of music for you. Uh, it will help to drive the cars and the future without human intervention. As a matter of fact, right now, it is um, really helping to bring about the self-driving technology into the market. It is not commercialized yet, but um, some companies like Tesla and Google, they are really at the forefront of this. and. AI is really, really helping in this way. 
you know and soon you would not actually need to learn a language to converse in that language and there's a part of uh, AI called natural language processing so it's the set of algorithms that makes it possible to uh, model uh, spoken languages or, or written languages so you can translate from one language to another either by text or even by speech so there's a lot of uh, application in this area. In all fairness, the technology is too wide to categorize as a one, majorly because of the vastness of the application. Oh, did I also mention that it is used in um, in medical science to diagnose, to uh, generate new drugs, and you know there are so many applications uh, for AI. Actually, it's probably causing the biggest job and industry disruption of the century. A report has found that almost 40% of jobs will be lost to robots in 2030. Uh, there is so much uh, debate about what the impact of hair is going to be in our society. And we do not say that this is what's going to happen, but these are the speculations depending on the school of thought that each of the speculators are coming from. So I think that whatever happens in the next 20 to 30 years, AI is going to make a very big impact in whatever happens. So I think learning and knowing about this, this, this technology is a very a great move. Personally, this is the area that I'm uh, interested in. I work with deep learning and machine learning, which are subsets of AI and apply it to uh, computer vision problems. Uh, I mentioned about self-driving cars before. Right now, I'm working in a company that deals with self-driving car technologies. And I can tell you that, I mean, this technology is being used uh, really, really uh, widely in uh, self-driving cars. So, AI, you just have to know about this. Without much further ado, let me go to the next one. The next one is quite a mouthful. It's called Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. So it's C-R-I-S-P-R. It is pronounced CRISPR. You know, it's a, it's a mouthful actually. But this is a very important technology that you cannot uh, just you know, uh, go over and and decide not to know, be ignorant about it. No, this is a very very powerful tool for editing genomes. I'm gonna break it down a little bit. So imagine that you have a, a baby. Oh, you want to have a baby with CRISPR. It is possible to say that I want my baby to have blue eyes. I want my baby to be resistant to malaria. I want my baby to be cancer free or to be resistant to some strain of cancer. So we can edit with CRISPR, we can edit the DNA uh, or the genome of the organism so that it portrays some kind of characteristic that is not natural, I mean, to that family or uh, of animal or genome. So this is, this is still in the foundation stage and there's so many ethical uh, debates about how to use this, but it has many good applications uh, no, in, in many ways. So it allows a scientist to easily alter DNA sequences and modify gene functions or characteristics in organisms. Uh, some of its many potential applications include uh, correcting genetic defects, 
creating and preventing the spread of diseases and improving crops this might actually be the biggest medical disruption of the century imagine that you can um, create a drug that makes you uh, that makes us resistant to any kind of disease so scientists have found that they can use CRISPR to design children like I've explained that are immune to certain diseases at birth and the children can be chosen to have traits or even go as far as giving special intellectual or physical properties to the newly born children in fact it potentially allows us to be able to create our own breed of organisms from the genome level up of course this raises many ethical and moral questions and arguments but eventually CRISPR will become ubiquitous mostly thanks to its simplicity uh, most recent application are crop improvements and therapeutics provide ability or adaptive immunity against viruses and bacteria actually in december 2015 there's a team that reported that they have identified genes that reduce female mosquito fertility and they can use CRISPR to edit this gene so that we can reduce the spread of malaria in another news in october 2016 a lung cancer patient in china became the first of the 10 people in the world to receive an injection of cells that had been modified using crispr the journal i mean nature reported the researchers led by one of the scientists in china in uh, sichuan university in Chengdu, modified the immune cells taken from the patient's home blood and disabled a gene that produces a protein of cancer cells or that cancer cell normally hijack in order to divide and multiply. And the hope is that without the protein, the cancer cells won't multiply and the immune system will always win. So you, you can see there's, I mean, so much as far back as uh, 2016. It's still in its infancy, according to many scientists, but there is so much um, potential in this technology. It deals with our body, it deals with our health, it deals with uh, animals or biology generally. So that's why I think this is very, this is a very weighty technology. And we really need to know what is going on with this technology. All right, to the next. Number three, blockchain. Maybe you've heard of Bitcoins or cryptocurrency, Ethereum or a Litecoin, and there's a lot of coins that was popular like about one or two years ago. This actually is the most uh, popular application of blockchain. So what is blockchain exactly? Blockchain is a continuously growing list of records called blocks, which are linked and secured using cryptography a way of hiding information in messages. It could be understood as a digital ledger in which transactions made are recorded chronologically and publicly. This ledger is regarded to be immutable since altering a record would mean altering all of the subsequent blocks and all of the records on the peer-to-peer -peer managed network. So you, you might have heard something like a distributed uh, technology so most of the technology that we have right now say like a financial market if you're keeping your money with a bank they have a central ledger or they have a central um, database that they use to um, 
um, uh, to keep all the information. So that is a centralized uh, database system. But blockchain relies on a distributed database system. So if one of the data centers or one of the nodes in the distribution uh, goes faulty, then the other nodes are still useful and it doesn't uh, compromise the network. Imagine if you have all your data in one place and that um, place is compromised, then all of your data is lost. But but uh, Bitcoin or uh, blockchain, you know, works opposite to this. It has the potential to power future agreements, protect intellectual properties and financial transactions and safely manage digital identity. Many government procedures might port to using the technology, including uh, procurement, contracts and posts. You know, the application of this technology are still in infancy, but current trends show that a blockchain part future might not be too far away. And the fourth one is augmented reality or virtual reality. This has been coming for many years now. Uh, so far, it's still like uh, trying to get started because uh, a lot of applications are promising, but they have not actually seen a market appeal for consumers. So you might have seen um, a likeness of this somewhere, but it is still like really, really developing. So what is augmented reality and virtual reality? Uh, first, I'll define augmented reality is a technology that superimposes a computer-generated image on a user's view of the real world, thus providing a composite view. So you can see uh, a generated image in your view and you can also see the real world. Basically, it enhances the real world in the user's perception. Currently, primitive forms can be seen in applications like uh, the game Pokemon Go. Snapchat uses some kind of augmented reality and um, Instagram and the likes. All the filters that you see, they're actually some kind of augmented reality. Usually new information or environment is generated and added to the user's field of view to create the AR experience. On the other hand, virtual reality, which we call VR, is the computer-generated simulation of a three-dimensional image or environment that can be interacted with in a seemingly real or physical way by a person using special electronic equipment such as helmet with a screen inside or gloves fitted with a sensor. So you might have seen some people putting on some kind of uh, helmet that has a screen inside of it. So in that case, it is blocking their field of view, their real field of view. And you are now showing uh, an, an entirely different image to them to alter their perception. This is how VR works. So the major difference is that AR is that of computer generated simulation that adds to user environment, but VR kind of replaces the user environment. This technology is a future of games, education and learning, advertising and promotions. There are presently systems proposed to enhance social interaction and give illusion of being present somewhere else. So there was a time that Facebook introduced Facebook spaces. It's like you can go out with your friend 
to some place, but you are in your house, you know? So it's, it's an interesting technology. And there are so many others like uh, the one introduced by Elon Musk uh, called Neuralink or Neuralace, which is basically plugging your brain to the internet. And this way you can change your own perception even without uh, using that external equipment. This is gonna have great impacts on our lives because it directly influences our perception of the real world and our experience of it. So if I were you, I really wanna know about this. How is education gonna be in the next 10 years? How is voting, how is like a campaign of going out with friends gonna be in the next five to 10 years? Do I really need to leave my house anymore in order to experience some things? These are the questions that this kind of technology you know, poses to us. And I think it's very interesting what can happen out of this. Number five, internet of things. This is also very interesting and it's gaining a lot of grounds recently. This is basically an interconnection via the internet of different devices embedded in everyday objects, enabling these devices to send and receive data. In other words, connecting physical devices together in a way that allow them to communicate with each other. Imagine if your phone could talk to your water eater five minutes before you wake up so that you could quickly hop into the shower immediately you get out of bed. And just as you wake up, your bed informs your doctor's computer how you are able to sleep so that your doctor can closely monitor your health and give you appropriate diagnosis the next time you see him. It's pretty wild, right? <laughs> This technology allows or aims to build an interconnected world through everyday objects. Your coffee maker, your refrigerator, your door clock, your dustbin, and so on. Experts estimate that the IoT will exceed 25 billion objects by 2020. Another study shows that the IoT industry is in fact what about 267 billion dollars by 2020. This is a great opportunity for anyone who wants to stake in the future. And, and many things that the IoT are really, really useful. It's just basically connecting everything that is connectable and using all of this to enhance our lives. Number six is alternative or renewable energy. Unless you've been living under the rock, you would have heard of climate change, you know, uh, the earth the is warming up and all that. And there is need to move from fossil fuel to renewable energy sources or some other um, alternative energy sources. This is something that has been coming for at least um, 20 years ago when people have been calling on this. And many countries right now are trying to phase out uh, the use of uh, fossil fuels uh, by 2035 countries like Germany and Poland will face out totally uh, the use of fossil fuel as a uh, fuel in cars and the rest. And so this is one thing that is generating a lot of buzz in the in the media. And of course, there are people are saying, oh, this is not real. That is not real. But the truth is renewable energy is getting more and more affordable. And so um, adoption is just going to follow 
you know so it will it, it will probably take uh, longer to have effect on other technologies because presently 80% of the world still use fossil fuel but the truth is that the world is slowly but surely moving away from fossil fuels and alternative power generation is slowly gaining popularity and many countries and uh, the UN is also championing this course and a lot of things are gonna happen so there are so many different sources of alternative energy hydroelectric wind geothermal solar marine energy the idea is just to be able to harness all of these sources and make sure that we can tap the energy that are embedded into the sources and move away from fuel that is harming our environment the major challenge for alternative energies is that it presently costs more to produce energy from alternative sources rather than fossil fuel. However, since the last decade, the cost has been greatly reducing and the transition might come earlier than projected. I personally think that there is a great capacity here for uh, developing countries you know, like mine. We really need to create better models on energy generation and distribution. This model should have at its core, the democratization of energy as a world moves away from fossil fuels. So the last but not the least that is less well known, but it's probably gonna have one of the biggest impacts on every other technology that I've mentioned is quantum computing. And this is relatively newer than uh, the rest because up until maybe five years or three years ago it has always been in the realm of theory a lot of physicists have been theorizing about this but it's becoming more and more practical by the day so what does it mean what is quantum computing so quantum computing takes advantage of the ability of uh, some particles called subatomic particles to exist in more than one state at a time Due to the way that these particles behave, we can do operations more quickly and use less energy. So this is totally different from how a conventional computer works. If you have a computer right now, uh, this is I'm sure that unless you are Google or IBM, you are using a conventional computer. But quantum computers differ from conventional computers. So in conventional computers, every information is represented as zero or one no matter what the information is is it audio is it images it is represented in zeros and one now quantum computers does not represent in just zeros and one it can represent information in zero or one at the same time or either of zero or one or neither of zero or one or both so for every bit in a conventional computer, you have two states that is zero or one. For every quantum bit, also known as qubit, you have um, you have four states. Actually, they say that uh, 300 qubit has more states than all the atoms in the universe. So this is to tell you how much power. Um, uh, quantum computers can have. Quantum computers could support the development of new breakthroughs in science, um, 
medications to save life, machine learning methods to diagnose illness sooner, materials that can make more efficient devices and structures, financial strategies to live well in retirement, algorithms that can quickly direct and that can quickly direct resources such as ambulances and you know there is so many uh, potential for a computer quantum computer because for one big example is if you have to guess a number say you have to guess a number that is really large in a normal computer you have to go through all the possible guesses one after the other and the worst case is that you are going to have to test all the digits or the all the steps in those numbers but for a quantum computer you can actually do it just once so imagine that you can just represent the state of the number you want to guess just once this is really really groundbreaking and quantum computers they are very very good for optimization uh, sequencing problems and simulating chemical molecules and materials According to a lot of scientists, they say that even the computers we have right now, the most powerful computers that we have right now cannot simulate chemical molecules easily. It takes a lot of energy to do that. But with quantum computers, we can easily do this, which means that we can generate new drugs, you know, in a very fast way. Of course, this technology is still far into the future and there's still so much to be accomplished. And one good news is that recently Google said that they achieved uh, quantum supremacy. Basically, it's is that is the potential of uh, the, uh, the potential ability of a quantum computer to solve a problem that a classical computer cannot solve. So we already have a kind of system that can solve a problem that the the most powerful computer on earth right now, the most powerful conventional computer right now cannot solve so this is really really groundbreaking and you can only imagine what is going to happen in the next one two three to ten years so uh, i'm just gonna have to stop here because i've gone for long and I, one thing i just wanted to take away from this is that a lot of things are happening and you just need to get yourself uh, be aware of what is happening and if you're interested in any of this technology it is it's just something you can read about on the internet and you can really know about it and we can all contribute actually to how things are going in the world and i just want to challenge you to take one of this technology and say i'm just going to learn about this i'm going to see what i'm going to contribute about it so there you have it my picks for top technologies of the future if you have anyone that you want to add to it let me know and send me a message follow me on twitter toluwa josh and instagram the same toluwa josh See you next time. Thank you for listening.